excited. My name is Carolyn. I am the missions pastor, and I have the honor and the privilege of bringing the word this morning. And as we... And as we dive into the word, first of all, I want to say, if this is your first time here, welcome. We are so glad that you are here. You are not here by accident. You are here because God has something special for you. For those of you in the room who have been coming to Calvary for 50 plus years, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your commitment to the body of Christ, to this city, so that the gospel can be shared locally and globally. Now I'm about to share some scripture verses with you this morning. And you know what? There are some of you in this room, you can, you've probably taught on these verses. You have been in Bible studies about with these verses. You may have even heard a similar message to what I'm about to share. But this is what I want to encourage all of us, whether you know the Bible verses or you don't. I want you to ask the Lord this simple question. What message do you have for me? You see, we have a God who is a big God, a great God who actually is all over, but he is a God who sees us. He's a God who sees you. And he knows exactly what it is that you need this morning. You are not unseen. You are not invisible, but you are important to him. And this morning, I'm actually going to share a message titled, The Prize of Obedience. That's not necessarily maybe a title that we start cheering for, right? Obedience! Woohoo! <laughs> I wrestled with the Lord a little bit as he put the message in my heart, because I'm like, Lord, I'd rather talk about your, your faithfulness. I'd rather talk about your love. And the Lord kept coming back. I want you to talk on obedience. Now, when we hear the word obedience, what happens at times, we feel like it's negative and it comes with demands. And it means maybe sometimes we cannot walk with our hopes and our dreams, but that it confines us. But the obedience that the Lord is calling us to is obedience that is tethered to love. It is an obedience that is tethered to His great purposes in our life. And it is an obedience that is for our good. And so I have asked Pastor Josue and Grace to open up this morning's message with a song simply titled, Obey. And as you see the words on the screen and as you listen to the song, I want you to ask, Lord, what do you have for me? Speak to me. Open my ears, open my eyes, open my mind, open my heart. May I not come in with preconceived ideas of what you want to do, but may I be open to your word this morning.
go ahead and open us up in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for today. And Lord, I thank you for your word that is alive and your word that cuts through everything and leads to truth and leads to freedom. Amen. So we're going to head to the Old Testament this morning. We are going to head to the book of Joshua. And to give you a little context, a little history lesson here, we had Moses who had been the leader of the Israelites. They had left Egypt. They had wandered for 40 years. And now the leadership had been handed over to Joshua. And Joshua had one job to do. And the Lord in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 through 9 says this to Joshua. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. I love it how the Lord starts out to Joshua, be strong and courageous, and then he tells him what he's going to do. He didn't tell him first what he was going to do and then told him to be strong and courageous. He actually spoke those two words of life into Joshua, be strong and be courageous. He continues in verse seven to say, be strong and very courageous. And then hear what he says, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, then, so if I don't deviate, then you will be successful in all, everything you do. He continues to say, study this book of instruction continually, meditated on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's a pretty strong word that Joshua got. And so here Joshua, he is leading the Israelites and what stood in the way from them getting to their promised land was the city of Jericho. Now Jericho was a fortified city, which meant it had tall walls, it had thick walls. It was a city where a lot of trade happened. So it was a key pivotal city. Kind of a little bit like my nice brick wall. You guys like my wall? They were tall, 
They weren't these little walls that could be jumped over, but they were big walls. And so the Lord continues and says this in Joshua chapter six, verse two, he says to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its kings and its strong warriors. Woohoo! Jericho is mine, here we go. I'm a leader, I'm ready to lead the army. I've watched enough war movies to know how to lead an army. How about you guys? I've seen strategies. It makes me think of the movie Braveheart where Mel Gibson's character just yells, freedom, right? Or I look at the Gladiator movie where Russell Crowe says, what we do here will echo for eternity, right? I mean, I, I can be a leader. I can lead the army to battle. I can have strategies. Well, before Joshua even got a chance to put strategies into place, this is what the Lord says to him in verse three, chapter six, verse three. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Oh, let me read that again. You and your fighting men should march around the town once for six days. Lord, that's your strategy? Since when did marching around a wall lead to victory? When did marching around change a whole nation's future? Are, are you sure, God? I don't know about you, but, but I'd start questioning God in this moment. And then God continues and says, on the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priest blowing their horns. Okay, God, I get it. Seven is like your number, right? It's like the holy number, things happen in sevens, right? But really, why does it have to be seven days? And why does it have to be seven times around? And then the priests are gonna blow the trumpets. That is gonna make this wall fall down. Now here's the deal, we know most of us the end of this story. We know how it ends, but imagine yourself being in the middle of the story and God is telling you, you are gonna march around the city and then I'm gonna give you the city. He continues in verse five, it says, when you hear the priest give one long blast of the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can, and then the walls will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. And do you know what Joshua's response was? What is recorded in scripture is Joshua says, let's march. So Joshua takes his strong warriors, he takes the priests, he takes the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God. And on day one, they start marching. Woo, we're done with one. Wall looks the same. There are no cracks in it. The gates didn't all of a sudden open and and, and the people in Jericho let him in? No. Joshua goes back with his army. They sleep. Day two, they march around the wall. Nothing. 
Day three, they march. And guess what? I am going to march seven times. Day four, they march. Day five, they march. Now you may say, Carolyn, we get it. But do we get it? After lap five, come on, God, why couldn't it be lap one? God, why couldn't it be lap two? God, why couldn't it be lap three? You mean day six, I need to march one more time around? And then we come to the seventh day. And I won't walk seven times now. (laughs) But you get it, right? Day seven. They marched around that wall, which on the outside looked like nothing was happening. On the outside, there wasn't shifting. There was no movement. There was no victory in the horizon except what the Lord had spoken to Joshua. So on the seventh day, they walked seven times around the wall, around the city, the big walls, the huge walls, the walls that seem impossible. The priests blow their horn. And then this is what Joshua says to his people. Shout, the Lord has given you the town. Amen. And I did some studies on the wall of Jericho and what it did, the walls were so high, but because of how they felt, and this has architecturally been proven, it created this great ramp for them because the city sat on a hill. So the Lord's plan was perfect. Now, so many times though, we look at to see how miracles have happened in our life and we assume that that is how God is gonna do them in the future. Now, I'm not telling us to start marching around things in our city that you want to fall, that you feel God has said, have victory in this, but I want us to walk away with knowing what it means to follow him in obedience. Number one, obedience doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always make sense. You see, I see this much, the Lord sees this. And so when he asks me to do something, it doesn't make sense because I don't have all the information. I don't have the finish line. I don't know all the pieces that he's moving. But one of the things I can do though is knowing that God is walking with me. And here's the other thing with obedience, it doesn't make sense to other people either when you step out in it. They won't always agree, they won't always walk with you, they won't always support you. I'm sure there had to be grumbling of the mighty men and the warriors who were following Joshua. This is his plan, this is what he's doing. But Joshua knew this is what God has called me to. Number two, obedience will always be part of your faith journey, always. 
In Psalm 32, 8, we read, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. The Lord is continually instructing us and teaching us, and we have the opportunity to respond to what he's teaching us and walking in obedience. Number three, it's obedience in the small things and obedience in the big things. If I am not obedient to the Lord in the little things, I'll tell you what, you will not be able to be obedient in the big things. It says in scripture, and I love it, how, how, how Jesus says this. Sorry, I jumped. It's actually in Psalms. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Everything, not some things, not certain things. It says everything. Trust him and he will help you. Number four, obedience is connected to our love for God and his love for us. Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, obey my commands. My love for him leads me to respond into obedience to his word. Number four, five, we flourish in obedience. Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, sometimes when I read that verse and I said, well, I can do things apart from God, but those things do not have eternal value. So if I want to flourish in my life, I need to be connected to the vine. I need to be connected to the word of God. I need to be connected to the body of Christ so that I can bear much fruit. Number six, obedience means choosing God's way and purpose. Joshua had to respond to what the Lord had told him and Joshua's response was, let's march. He made a choice to say, God, I trust you. And see, the more obedient I become to the word of God, the more peace, the more patience, the more self-control, the more kindness, the more gentleness will be evident in my life. Huh, kind of sounds like the fruit of the spirit, right? Those are the things that will grow and that will come up out of my life when I walk in obedience. Now, let me tell you this. Obedience does not mean that your road is smooth. Obedience does not mean it's easy. Obedience does not mean that there won't be sacrifices because guess what? There will be. You have to make a choice. Well, am I willing to lay it all down? And the other thing you need to realize is the enemy of your soul does not like it when you walk in obedience and he will come against you to say, no, 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 you don't want to do that. No, 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 that's not what God said. He wants you to give up. He wants you to give in because he knows a follower of Jesus who has surrendered to the Lord and who walks in obedience will change this world. You are called to walk in obedience. 
So, are we a little bit more excited about obedience than when I first introduced that we were going to talk about obedience? I hope so. And I did, as I shared earlier, I wrestled with the Lord, like, is this really the message you have for me? Why now? And then the Lord said, well, Carolyn, I want you to share your journey of obedience with the congregation. So I said, okay, Lord, here we go. And I could share so many stories with you, but I'm gonna share with you the latest one that I have been walking through and that my family has been walking through. Are you ready for some realness here? Are you ready for some real life, authentic story? And the reason I share this is because I want you to know, just as I've walked in obedience, the Lord will walk with you. In 2015, the Lord called the Dunn family to Stockholm, Sweden. He called us to be missionaries, to come and make a difference in a country where only 2% are devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Can I say that again? 2% our followers of Jesus Christ. And in our years there, what happened was we ended up planting an amazing church, Stockholm Community Church. For months we sat in our living room and we prayed and we believed. And there were 17 of us that said on March 24th, 2019, let's do this. We opened up our doors to the church and we didn't know who was gonna come. We didn't know, I mean, we knew the needs of our city, but we weren't sure what it was all gonna look like. We just knew we were gonna walk in obedience. And in our first year, we grew from 17 to 100 people. We were able to see people come to know the Lord, to be baptized, to be filled with his spirit, to have their lives transformed. We did outreaches to our city and I'll tell you, as the lead pastor of that church, I felt I was in the place the Lord had called me to be. All the experiences that I had, all my training, all my education had led me to this moment of being the lead pastor. And then something happened in 2020. We all know what happened in 2020. And it shut down the country of Sweden in some aspects, our church, ended up not being able to meet, we met online. But even through all of that, we were so excited. We came back to the US and we sold the little stuff that we had left. We emptied our storage unit, again saying, this is the land the Lord has called us to, we are all in. Christmas 2020 rolls around and Brian's mom lives here in Florida. And so we came to spend Christmas with her. And one of my favorite places to go to when I'm in Florida is the beach. And I don't know about you, but I believe the Lord speaks extra loud at the beach. Can I get an amen on that one? Yeah. You got the waves, you got the sun. I mean, you're on vacation. Come on, the Lord will speak. So I'm walking the beach and I'm just talking to the Lord and talking to him about 2021, what is it gonna look like and things I'm believing for. And all of a sudden, the Lord puts on my heart, hey, Carolyn, you need to come home for a season. What? What do you mean come home for a season? I am home, I am in Sweden, this is where you've called me. This is the church, this is my leadership team. We are seeing people get saved and things are happening. And the Lord again said, it's time to come home for a season. Well, most missionaries after they've been on the field for three years, 
They come back for a year and then they go back to the field. Well, we had been in Sweden for five and a half years. So, well, maybe it is. Maybe we'll come back for a year. We'll, we'll fundraise. We'll go and preach at churches. The girls will get a chance to experience American high school. Yeah, we can do that. Well, we got back to Sweden and you know how life gets. It gets busy. You get back into your routine. And then we get to January, end of January. And I'm not gonna go into details, but we had a storm that hit our family. I wasn't expecting it. And it was a storm that as a parent and as a follower of Jesus and as a spouse was one of the hardest storms I've ever walked through. There was confusion, there was pain, there was grieving. And this is what I love. And this is why I started the sermon of telling you that Lord, the Lord sees you and the Lord knows you. Because see, if the Lord had not spoken to me in December before the storm, my response to the storm, do you know what that would have been? I am here, the enemy's not gonna win. I am not backing down. This is spiritual warfare. I would have fought the battle in my own strength and in my own flesh. But again, the Lord, because he cared for me, because he cared for my family. He said, I want you to come home. So we started this crazy journey. We told our leadership team, we told our church and a whole different story how we ended up here in Orlando. But in July, 2021, Brian was offered to come on staff as the Connections Pastor. I remained the lead pastor in Sweden. Every month I would travel back and forth. The girls started high school. It wasn't smooth, it wasn't easy. But hey, we're gonna be here for a year. We're walking in obedience. About six months into being here, the Lord again, not at a beach this time, <laughs> but said, hey, Carolyn, I did not tell you a year. I told you a season. And we made the decision to walk in obedience to the Lord. We told our congregation in Sweden, our leadership team, guess what? We're not coming back. And to some of you, it may not seem like a big deal. Well, you're back here and it's a, this is a fantastic church, let me tell you. I'm so glad that the Lord brought us here. I'm so glad to serve under our amazing pastors, Pastor Kevin and Pastor Maria. Like they are amazing. But I didn't wanna be here. When you have a country where 2% are believers, that means 98% of the country, do not believe in Jesus Christ. I wrestled with the Lord and I said, Lord, I am needed over there. 
Lord, I can make a difference there. I can, can be used by you. We can see great things. And the Lord again reminded me, I need you to trust me. Be obedient because I have freedom for your family. I have healing for your family. I have wholeness for your family. I have blessings for your family. And if you do not walk with me, and if you choose your way over my way, you will not experience what I have for you. And again, I love how the Lord works. We resigned from the church in Sweden and, and Brian was on staff here and that's great. But Lord, what about me? Well, little did I know that Calvary needed a missions pastor. <laughs> that I, as now a former missionary, gets to support missionaries all over the world. God is so good. Now, the beautiful thing is I still get to do ministry in Sweden and I still get to have an impact over there. But for this season, and I don't know how long this season is, but I had some wise person tell me this last week, don't try to figure out the end, just stick with the last thing that the Lord told you to do. Isn't that good? I wish I would have come up with that, but that was actually our, our missionary last week, Pastor Nathan Alfaro said that, stick with the last thing that the Lord has told you to do. And so you may have some Jerichos in your life. You may have some walls that you need the Lord to take down. You may have some walls where it may seem impossible because all you see is this. And he may be asking you to say yes to something, no to something else, to start something new, to step back. Can I tell you, stepping back sometimes is harder than saying yes and going into something new. But see, on the other side of the wall, what the Lord has seen all along. All along he knew on the other side of obedience, you will experience freedom. You will experience healing. You will experience wholeness. You will experience blessing. But it means I have to walk in obedience. But this is the prize of obedience. And how do I know this? Because the word of God continually tells me that my God is with me, that my God is for me, that he will never leave me, he will never abandon me, that his plans for me are good, for me to prosper. So why would I not walk in obedience? And here's the beautiful thing about obedience. It will not just benefit you but it'll benefit your family, your community, your city, your church, your country, the world. And you may say, well, who am I? You are someone that God has called and has created to be in his own image. 
If we head to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, Paul writes this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Are you running the race that the Lord has laid out before you? So how could I make the journey of walking in obedience to the Lord? I was in his word daily. To be honest, there were certain worship songs that were on repeat in my home, in my headphones, because I needed the truth of God to be the loudest in my life. I remember when we told our leadership teams in Sweden, and this is what I love about the body of Christ. They didn't wanna see us go, but do you know what they said? We believe that this is your season to go home and we love you, we support you, we believe in you. So you have to surround yourself with people who, even if they don't get it, even if they don't like it, of you walking in obedience, who will still stand with you and speak truth in you. But then the other thing that was so important when we came here was that we didn't sit on the sidelines. We said, God, you have placed us here for such a time. Whatever you wanna do in us and through us, we are here. And the beautiful thing is in 11 days, I get to take a team of women to Thailand. Give it up for my Thailand women. We're heading to Thailand. And I get to bring my youngest daughter with me. Healing. I've got to be able to send two kids off to college that I don't know if we had not come back here for this season, if they would have gone to the two colleges that they're in. I love it, Olivia's here today and she brought friends with her from college because they wanted to be here. I love college students who love Jesus. Kaisa's over in ORU, rooming with Kylie Kringle, tearing it up. Pretty cool. But here's the blessings that come when you walk in obedience. Now we can listen to a sermon like this and we can say, oh, Carolyn, you're telling me, do more, be more, pull myself up, make things happen. No, I'm not telling you that at all. I'm telling you to say yes to the Lord and then let him move all the other pieces into place. He'll put it all into place. Now, sometimes, I don't know if he does it in your life, but in my life, he likes to wait till the very last minute to put things into place. And I'm like, Lord, I already got this lesson. I know you're trustworthy. Come on. 
But again, you may be on lap one in your journey with the Lord and walking in obedience. You may be on lap two, lap three, lap four, lap five, lap six, lap seven. But no matter what lap you are on, know that he has everything you need on the other side. Now we come to one, I'm gonna ask that no one moves in this moment here. This is one of the most important moments in our Sunday morning services. You see, we are a church where we say everyone is welcome to come, welcome home. But in a room this size, I know that there are men and women who may not have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe someone invited you this morning. Maybe you felt this sense of, this is where I need to go and be. Maybe you haven't been in church in a really long time. And your heart's been pounding a little bit. <laughs> Maybe your hands got a little sweaty and you're like, I feel like something's happening. And that is the Holy Spirit who is knocking on your heart and who's saying, will you let me become your savior? You see, God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross so that we could have eternal life, so that we could have a direct relationship with God, so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that we could have new mercies and new grace in our life. And the beautiful thing it's a simple yes, Lord. I may not know a whole lot about you. I may not know the stories in the Bible, but I wanna know more of who you are. And church, may we not glaze over these moments because these are the moments that changes someone's eternity. It's not just one other thing that happens in a service. This is the moment where someone gets to meet Jesus for the very first time. And maybe we forgot what that felt like because we've been following Jesus for such a long time. So with every head bowed in the room and we do this out of respect, if you are in this room and you say, you know what? I wanna start a relationship with Jesus. I wanna ask him to be the Lord and savior of my life or maybe you wanna recommit your life. I want you to raise your hand and I want you to raise it high to say, Jesus, I accept you into my life. Go ahead and raise your hand. I'm ready to go on this adventure. Got hands in the back, back there. I am so excited for these hands that are raised because you know what Jesus are meet, is meeting you right here, right now. And church, will you pray with me and pray with those who have raised their hand? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your gift of salvation. I'm coming just as I am and asking you to forgive my sins become my Lord and Savior and help me follow you for the rest of my life. 
today my new life begins in you. Amen. Can we give a round of applause to those who just raised their hands? We hope you have been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person for our Sunday morning worship experience every Sunday at 10 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. There you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening.